Hi and welcome to Creatives on Speed where we talk to creative thinkers and doers and makers from all walks of life about their lives, careers and inspirations. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Andrew Bolton. Andrew is a senior copywriting lecturer and also an amazing copywriter himself in his own right. Hi Andrew. Oh hello. Hi. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how what your week looks like as you juggle these two two roles that you have. So I I got into uh, uh, lecturing. I, I, I teach at the University of Lincoln on the creative advertising degree course there. Yay, Lincoln. Um, and I got into that entirely by accident. I, I certainly bumbled into it. I'd always been a copywriter, working at various agencies and sort of doing my own freelance thing. Uh, and uh, at the last agency I worked at, I met a, a, a pal of mine who, who left to go and run the program here at Lincoln. And he, he got me in to do a few bits and bobs. Uh, and I was never one of those people who felt that sort of, you know, teaching or, or sort of passing on your knowledge to the, the next generation was was worthwhile. You know, I couldn't be bothered with that. Fuck young people. Um, sorry for swearing. Um, but I, uh, in my my first four, sort of few sessions, I absolutely loved it. It was a really, you know, it sounds really, you know, wanky, but it was it was a, a transformative moment because it felt like this is brilliant. You know, being able to talk about this thing you do and love and 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 you know, surrounded by these young people who desperately want to know about it and they're really excited by getting into this world. Um, and and when the chance came to to join the course full time, I you know I thought brilliant. This this is probably an unexpected direction for me, but something that I get a huge amount of of kind of joy out of. Um, so my week is very much uh, based on um, uh, spending time with the students. We operate as if we were a studio. We don't really operate in a traditional academic kind of way. It's not big lecture theatres and me standing at the front and sort of talking to them for an hour. We operate as if we were a real advertising studio, a real creative studio. So we set briefs, we uh, we get them to present their work, we do live crits where, where everyone is expected to kind of have a view and sort of challenge and defend your work. And, uh, and we, we use that studio space as much as we can to, to try and kind of develop ideas. Uh, and I think fundamentally it's an ideas course. You know, we, we try our best to, to kind of instill a lot of the craft, uh, a lot of the kind of the discipline that comes with being a creative. Um, but we want them to be good thinkers. We want them to be interesting and surprising and original thinkers. And a lot of the time it's, it's kind of saying, we, we don't almost want to see you in this studio. We don't want to see you in this building all the time. We want you to be out in the world. We want you to go and kind of understand people and, and get your inspiration and stimulation from, from wherever you possibly can. So in a way, I don't think my, my superiors at the university would like me saying this, but we run quite, quite a chaotic course, at least deliberately chaotic, uh, which is good because I couldn't operate in a way that was anything less than chaotic. Um, and it, it is just about, you know, how can we make you more interesting and more interested and, and how can we almost broaden your creative horizons and, and just, you know, make you a more courageous creative, you know, make you someone who's willing to do that weird thing and take those risks and present an idea that feels absolutely bonkers and it might win and it might not. But, you know, I'm much more interested in the scary stuff than the stuff I've seen, you know, every single year. That sounds great. And I also just want to come on the course myself. It sounds really exciting. <laughs> so let's um let's go back because there's lots in there we can dig into and I'll come back to some of those points. But um let's go back to when you were growing up. What sort of creative activities or things were you getting into when you were growing up? I, th I think it was I, I was one of those those children who very much kind of just lived in my imagination. 
Um, and, you know, it wasn't a, a lonely or unhappy time. It was brilliant. You know, I, that, that was the stuff I liked to do. And, and writing was always the thing I was drawn to. You know, I can't, I can't draw. I, I can't kind of make any kind of visual art. Um, uh, I'm probably worse at it now than I was when I was eight, which is probably true for a lot of people. But writing was always the thing where I felt like, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, but when you go to uh, when you go to school, when you go to sort of do your A-levels, and this is a massive kind of bugbear of mine, nobody says that there's this job called copywriting. No one says there's a job where you can go out and you can have ideas and you can find the best way to kind of express them through words. And people will pay you to do that. Um, and, and for us, it was if you want to do writing, well, off you go and do English literature somewhere at a university and then kind of make it up from there. You know, you might go into journalism, you might... Uh, write a, a bad novel in your 20s that goes nowhere. Um, but, you know, I can't give you a way to kind of go and make money and have fun and, and kind of really develop your writing and your craft. And, I, you know, like almost every single copywriter I know, I totally stumbled into it. I, I was in, uh, I was traveling in Australia and I, I got a job. Uh, I got a job writing football reports for a newspaper in, in Melbourne. Um, and I, I went and wrote these reports that were about... 500 words longer than, than I was allowed to write and got shouted at by an Australian editor, which was frightening. Um, but I loved it. And I thought, OK, this is this is a job where people want you to write and they pay you to do it. Um, and it, it got me thinking about when I come back to the UK, what can I do? What can I find? So just by, you know, searching writer on career sites, you come up with all sorts of things, medical writers and, you know, different sort of technical kind of writing. But I found this job called copywriting, a bag, a, a credit card company called Egg. Um, I don't know if you remember them. They, they, I do. I had an egg card. Yes. I everyone did. Um, yeah. Bought by about four or five different people. Yeah. It was a really brilliant brand. And at the time, it was quite a daring brand. It was really different for the financial sector. So it was kind of the perfect place to go and, and sort of work in this internal agency. And still probably one of the happiest and, and funnest uh, and weirdest jobs like I ever had in my whole career. But it was, it was total, totally by accident. I went in. I had nothing really in my portfolio to show apart from some spec stuff I'd done, some of this, this kind of reported, uh, reporting stuff I'd done in Australia. Um, and I got lucky enough, the guy there was willing to take a chance on me. Um, and I, I accidentally found myself in copywriting and, and haven't really left since. Um, so even, even now, sort of the teaching, I, I still maintain kind of copywriting, a, a handful of copywriting clients as freelance, because I, I'm not sure I could do this job. I'm not sure I could teach other people how to, how to write copy and be creative with words if I wasn't doing it myself still. I think that's true. And also just from a pure kind of industry perspective as well, because I've certainly had a lot of chat on other courses that there's a lot of like teaching them sort of the basics of advertising and how things work. But, you know, that sort of that face to face industry experience that you've got and still have, you know, so vital for them to understand how the sort of, you know, those little technical bits of how the industry works, you know, the highs and lows of it as well, you know, you need to understand to sort of like, you know, keep keep your career going, keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, just to talk about, about um, that thing about copywriting when, when you found it by accident. I think what's really interesting is something you said about um, being creative. If people think about being creative with words, they all often just think about you know, being a novelist, being a screenwriter, being that kind of creative writer. 
and they don't think about advertising because I think a lot of people think, oh, that's, you know, that's a route for a graphic designer. So I've got to, I've got to be able to draw or use a computer like to design. So I think that's fascinating that you've you sort of like hit home on that. I really, I really like resonate with that. Moving on to something you've been doing recently, so which um, which I was really excited about on LinkedIn, that you've you put a call out to. Um, we well, did a blog post a while back about how, what the, some of the subjects you've been talking about, um, and you've put together this guide for English teachers. Is that right? Tell us a bit more about that. So yeah, I uh, I wrote a blog on Medium, which I only discovered Medium sort of this year, and I absolutely love it. I, I'm always rattling things off on there but I wrote this thing that, that had been a real kind of pain point for me I think certainly since I, I kind of joined the course that I feel like we as an industry as copywriters we, we're kind of missing out on a huge uh, a huge kind of potential generation of talent who are would, would desperately want to do the stuff we do and who would want to be aiming towards that from a relatively young age but they don't know what it is and that isn't the fault of, of kind of English teachers or the colleges it's, it's the fault of the industry I it's our responsibility as writers to to kind of pass pass down the word that this is, there's this thing happening and it's great and you know if someone would have told me at 16 here's this job where you go and you go and create you write you, you write interesting things you, you're kind of experiencing all kinds of different styles and tones of writing that would have would have kind of rung a bell for me and I would have thought okay whatever I need to do is my next steps I'm going to do that because that's what I want to feel like I want to be aiming towards and you're absolutely right at that age it's it's, you know, creative writing careers are considered to be in the arts, in the media. Um, and I, I've always thought copywriting is a much more viable and just as fun and just as creative career um, for people who want to make, make money out of words. So I wrote this piece on Medium, got, got some really brilliant feedback, including from some people who are saying, you know, I've, I've, got some, um, I've got some friends who are teachers and I, I think I've sent this to them and, and they're really interested. So I, I put together this really sort of scruffy PowerPoint card <laughs> using my visual skills. And I, I sent it out to a few people and I put a thing on LinkedIn saying, you know, I've done this thing, it's an introduction to what copywriting is and how you might want to get into it, how your students might want to get into it. If anyone wants it, it's there, it's free, you know, please pass it on far and wide. Thinking that I'd be maybe sending out six of them over the course of a month. And we, we sent it out, I think, we, we almost at 200. Wow. That's and it's, it's become a, a part-time job. It's the hardest I've worked since I was a paper boy because I'm constantly replying to people saying, I'm really sorry this has taken so long. Here's this guide, please, please pass it on. So the response to it has been brilliant and it's coming from the education sector. It's coming from people who are like, I didn't know about this. And, you know, I, I teach writing and I teach, uh, you know, I try and instill a love of words and writing in my students and I'd love to be able to give them a more practical direction. Um, so that, that, you know, it's, you know, 200 it's a relatively small success but it's compared to kind of where where we were and and me in particular just sitting here grumbling about it but not actually doing anything about it I feel like we've got the ball rolling slightly with that and what we see on the course overwhelmingly is that it's a creative advertising course it's not a course designed to kind of create art directors specifically it's to make you a well-rounded you know ad creative and a creative thinker but overwhelmingly, it's, it's uh, you know, kids with visual backgrounds and visual skills, you know, photography students, graphic students, fine art students. Um, and they're great and they're brilliant, but, you know, they're not generally as comfortable with the written side of things. I'd love us to be at a more balanced place where we're getting the, the kids in from English and the sort of the essay writing A-levels. And, 
um, and, and just to try and get those people who are coming in who are or already have that kind of foundation and love of words and you know love of you know the beginning of starting to explore what what you can do with words and what the possibilities are uh, and that's that's kind of my my dream is to get more copyrights copyrights on the course yeah so um obviously the guide is i'm guessing it's still available if people want to get hold of it it absolutely is uh please please kind of email me um or, or message me on twitter or linkedin whatever and then about six weeks later when i've actually managed to get my ice into gear i will send you a copy but no please the more we can get out the, the better yeah, we'll be putting some links uh, oh, to, to you in uh, in the show notes below. So on, in terms of your creative inspiration, because obviously, you know, whether you're designing a lecture or you're doing copywriting yourself, what, what sort of tools and tricks do you tend to gravitate to to, to keep you inspired? It's kind of evolved. Um, and, and I think the, the stuff that I tell the students to do at the moment is absolutely the stuff I did when I was younger. And it is read you know that is the fundamental thing i don't think you can not only write creatively but express yourself creatively unless you're consuming a lot of you know creative stimulation and and, and i feel like books reading is still the kind of primary source of where that comes from and i get them to read a lot of kind of ad books and books about creativity we've got a few books on our reading list that i would consider to be you know, absolutely essential reading for what we do. And uh, off the top of my head, you know, the Whipple, uh, Hey Whipple, Squeeze This, still feels like the most relevant and valuable text in terms of becoming an ad creative there is. Um, there is a book uh, on copywriting specifically called Read Me by a man who I actually know, Giles Lingwood. So I'm really reluctant to push it and earn him more royalties, but it is sadly very, very good. Um, so we get them to, to kind of read that. The ad concept book is, is what I'd say, you know, I say to students, you'll buy this book and it'll be sitting on your desk, heavily tattered and thumbed in a, in a 10 years time because it's that useful and it's that valuable. But my, my own process has, has kind of evolved and reading is still, you know, massively a part of inspiring me to write good stuff. Um, but more and more, I, I think it's um, partly, you know, a massive character flaw of mine is I can't sit still for very long. I don't like being indoors. I don't like desks. I, you know, I, I was never built to work in an office of any sort, which kind of explains why, we, why I've ended up doing, you know, the jobs I've done in my career. Um, I feel like getting outside is, is still the most kind of, uh, refreshing and stimulating thing that creative can do you know going for a walk seeing the sky you know being somewhere where the, the temperature isn't regulated where it can be cold getting yourself lost wandering all of those things you know being away from the environment in which you're expected to create I feel is the most valuable thing you can do as, as a creative of any age and I think too many of us kind of create our own almost create our own confinement by, by saying that this is the studio or this is the office or this is the desk, this is the place where I uh, am expected to work. So this is the place where I have to work and have to think. And you know, the, these kind of palaces of thought that we've you know, created for ourselves as, as agencies and studios and any kind of building where creativity is expected to happen. I feel like that's a really self-defeating way for any creative of any kind of you know, uh, discipline to work in. So being outside, being, you know, being in the weather, being in the cold, getting rained on, uh, I think all of that stuff is, is vitally important if you want to stay uh, interesting and different and surprising as a creative thinker. Yeah, it's, it's totally true. With I agree with all of that. And it's, it's really exciting when you hear people sort of like having similar, similar sort of thoughts and, and ideas and getting out is so so important for your mental health as well. And I think that, you know, if you, you need to be in that positive frame of mind to have sometimes to have good ideas. Oh. Um, 
just in terms of like getting into the actual writing process itself have you got any kind of sort of tips when people are kind of stuck for um like how to sort of review their writing or just kind of make it better in that sort of in, mo in that moment yeah they, you know I, I can't sadly I can't claim them to be my own tips they're all stolen tips from people who were far <laughs> better than me and, and there was always this this sort of Hemingwayism of kind of the he called the blank page the white ball uh and because it, it was you know the fear and the intimidation of being faced with this this kind of blank page and not knowing what to put onto it and so what we say to the students what you know what i do myself is is you've just got to get some stuff out and a lot of the time the first things you write will be the ideas that come to you you know instantly the most obvious things and the reason that the most obvious is because they're familiar to you you've seen them before you've seen them done in slightly you know slightly different ways but just purely by going through the process of expelling that stuff from your mind, getting it out on the page, you know, your first page should all be bad. And I, I think that's a, a, a fair rule to follow in a, in a business that really shouldn't have any kind of rules attached to it. But your first page will all be pretty bad um, or, or not necessarily bad, but at least unoriginal. Um, but once it's out and once you can see what that is, what you're left with is a clearer idea of what the possibilities are and what the opportunities are. Uh, and, and so once you've kind of got rid of all the stuff that feels you've done before or cliched or, or too obvious or too easy to ignore, you know what you're writing against almost. You know what the kind of the opponent to this is. And, and once you've got uh, something that you definitely don't want to write, your brief becomes clearer and your focus becomes a bit narrower in a good way, in a positive way. And you can start writing the different thing. You can start writing the thing that behaves in an entirely different way. Uh, to the stuff you've already done to, the, to that first page so I think that's that's one really important thing and there's a brilliant book I'm looking at my bookshelves now to see if it's there it's by Ray Bradbury the author Ray Bradbury uh, it's called Zen in the Art of Writing and he writes about um, how when you sit down to write it's all about exploding it's all about just not trying to control it not trying to regulate it just letting letting it all pour out don't even you know don't even use punctuation don't use sentence structure just hammer at the keyboard or kind of write furiously with your pencil just let all of this stuff kind of pour out of you and stop when it stops, you know, stop when it runs dry and then walk away. You know, too, too many writers feel like the writing process and the editing process have to exist in the same moment. And that's, the, again, one of the most self-defeating things you can do is any kind of creative writing. You've got to give it distance and you've got to give it time and, you know, come back to it and you can tidy it up. You can refine it. You can start to edit uh, and you can start to of make real shapes out of this kind of mess that you've poured out onto the page the day before so we say to the students that, that almost the um the beginning and the end of a project you know where you're you're thinking you're gathering that inspiration you're starting to create enough stimulation so you feel ready to write and at the end when you're kind of putting it all together and you're being really really ruthless as an editor and you're tearing its pieces and kind of restructuring it something that will work they're the most important bits the bit in the middle where you're actually writing where you're actually putting letters on a page that's kind of inconsequential if you do the beginning and the end really, really well. So such fantastic advice. I can't tell you. I like to refer to that first stage as the vomit draft. Yeah, yeah. Because you're but... literally like vomiting out of your head all the things that are in there. And then you've got to go back and clear it up. <laughs> so I think if you if you don't get all that stuff out on the page, yeah. then you will literally end up vomiting out of kind of creative panic. <laughs> That's a very good point. What's uh, 2021 looking like for you um, with the course and any other projects you've got on? Yeah, so with the course, the course has got got kicked in the shins slightly uh, in, in 2020. Um, but we, 
we're very lucky that, you know, because of that chaos I, I kind of talked about at the start, that we've been able to, to kind of adopt and embrace kind of online teaching quite seamlessly. And I, I think, you know, the students have still been able to get uh, a very kind of good creative experience. They've been able to kind of do all the things that we want them to do. They're just having to do it in a different environment. So, you know, we're desperate to get back into the studio full time. Um, we shall wait and see when that uh, unfolds. Um, I've, I've actually got a, a book, a copywriting book, are you ready for a plug? I'm going to plug Yeah, it. go for a plug. Okay. Absolutely. Um, working with a brilliant publisher, Gasp. So they're an agency. They've also kind of uh, started publishing creative books. Uh, and a lovely chap called Giles Edwards. Uh, edit that out. I don't want him to know. I think he's nice. <laughs> um, and, and they, I wrote this book. It had always been one of those things that um, I'd really like to have written a book one day, but not actually do the work and effort <laughs> and, and pain required to do it. But I forced myself to do it as, as sort of part of joining the university. I got it finished and, and, and Giles was, you know, kind enough to, to sort of take it on as a project. And he's, he sort of poured his entire life into, into bringing it, uh, bringing it together. Um, so, uh, we, we're going to get our students through to sort of the end of, of, of their year. And, and our third years are obviously kind of graduating into a world where they will be looking for crits and placements. And, and, you know, because of circumstances, we're going to do all we can to make sure that that path is a bit kind of smoother for them. Um, and, and just more interesting copy projects as well, I think. You know, I, I said earlier, I feel, I feel like a fraud, I think, if I taught on this course uh, and didn't actually do any writing or thinking myself. Uh, and it's not easy because everyone's got so much on, but I, I feel like, you know, personally, in terms of my development, it's really important to kind of keep my hand in uh, with the writing side of it. So I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm lucky enough to just take on stuff that feels fun. Uh, and there's a couple of projects I've worked on this year, which have been some of the most fun I've, I've had. I can't actually say anything about them. They're top secret. Um, <laughs> but it's been some of the most fun I've, I've had as a copywriter. So it's stuff like that. I'm looking for stuff that just makes me happy. Um, my days of uh, uh, writing kind of Google text ads and email newsletters and, uh, uh, you know, endlessly kind of proofreading proofreading massive kind of terms and conditions documents are hopefully <laughs> at least behind me and I can I can choose stuff that just makes me smile yeah it's all good it's all good training though that stuff oh yeah so you get very good attention to detail reading t's yeah. and c's <laughs> I feel like like proofreading was was always it was the thing that if I'd tried at I would have been pretty poor at and then I just couldn't bring myself to try it so I was terrible at it I said that I've had to proofread my own book yeah I was gonna ask you that it was yeah, yeah. well it, it wasn't painful I just did it so lazily uh, but I've, I'm very lucky a pal of mine Dr Ben who I, I've known you know for 25 years he's a, a doctor in some kind of obscure uh, English 17th century poetry went to Oxford and he he knows spelling and grammar and words far better than than almost any copywriter I know to be honest and he was kind enough to prove it for me and uh, the draft that I got back after he finished was just heartbreaking it was, <laughs> it, it was in a bad way but well, he, he you got made... to be the student for once you know with know, the red, yeah. red pen <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry, Dr. Ben. I tried my best. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, that sounds really, really exciting. And I hope we can maybe chat more or do something else oh, when the book comes out, because I'd really like to to um, talk more about that. So, um, but for now, I will uh, let you go. Could, before we do go, though, how, where can everyone find you um, on uh, social media? So on Twitter, you will find me rambling away about, about anything. At the moment, it's talking a lot about the Queen's Gambit. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, Tom, uh, Out. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Boltini, B-O-U-L-T-I-N-I. Uh, I am on LinkedIn, uh, just Andrew Bolton. Um, but if you guys want to share my email for anyone who's interested in the guy, I will be delighted to uh, send it out to anyone who wants it. Sure, we'll do that. Well, Andrew, I'll let you get on with your day because I know you're off to do some teaching very shortly. Um, so I'll let you get on with that. Thanks very much for your time. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Bye.